Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a show on all things playful and joyous. Together we are finding joy in the journey of life, and today we have Carrie Bacham back with us, and we are talking about competition in a gamified classroom. And before we get started, Carrie, can you give yourself a brief introduction? <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Carrie Bacham. Is that brief enough? I mean, I, I just figured you've been on the show quite a bit. You are like a regular a regular guest. I do love being on the show. Um, I am a 6th, 7th, and 8th grade special education teacher from the northwest suburbs of Chicago, Illinois. And, you know, I always think I never really introduce myself. Like it's just do a, not. It's just like an assumption. So if anyone wants to take a guess at who I am and where I'm from, they can post their comments on the YouTube video. We'll see if anybody takes me up on that one. Okay, so let's let's dive in here to competition. Uh, we just had a bunch of episodes on getting started with gamification, and we heard people, you know, diving into it. And those were our last few episodes. And I think a typical question that we get. Uh, us veteran gamifiers when we go to an ed camp and we talk about it is this one right right here you know just this idea of competition is it good should it be there you know and it totally well placed question Mm -hmm. but i think it also like belies the fact that they don't fully understand what gamification really is because while there is competition it's not necessarily in every single moment you know like there are so many collaborative aspects of a gamified class Mm -hmm. uh, you know Uh, so how how would you handle that question so just flat out you know what do you think about competition in the classroom just sort of in general well I when I think back to starting off as a, you know, diving into gamification. I think that was one of my, besides, you know, being afraid that it was going to, I was going to try gamification. It was going to fall on my face. I was going to fall on my face and it was going to be a complete disaster. Um, my second most fear was that I was going to bring competition into my classroom. Like I was going to bring this idea of competition and comp- students competing against each other. And I was going to have one of the students in my special education classroom on the floor having a tantrum crying because they lost at something. Like I could, I could envision it. I could dream it, right. That that was mm-hmm. going to happen. Yeah. If I brought gamification in my classroom. So there was no way I would want to do that to my student. I, I didn't want to um, bring any failure to a student or any, or a feeling of failure or this idea that they were not going to be able to handle this idea of competition in my classroom. So it was very present in my mind when I first started, you know, gamifying my classroom. Yeah, like, and I guess, I don't know if it was the gamer in me or what, but I, it never concerned me to, to the level of like not doing it. I mean, I, I get where people's questions are coming from, and it would be horribly inappropriate if we were constantly pitting kids together and, you know, like, sure. you know, doing all the super negative things that come with competition. But I mean, the reality is like, that's just it. There, there are, lots of different levels of competition and ways to sort of weave it in that they're not all bad, right? We don't have to throw the the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I just, 
I think some of those game mechanics that that amp it up a little bit. And mm-hmm. and the and the competition itself could be not only the players next to you, but it can be the game itself. It can be the challenge itself. It could be that stupid timer. It could be like part of the competition. You're trying to beat that clock, right? Uh, you know, and I think that that's all. That's okay. That's okay. Right. And I often, I guess, I often talk too about the 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 positives that come with collaboration, right? Or with um competition and that mm-hmm. that is the sense of collaboration right when we think about that football team it's uh they are clearly in a competitive sport they're playing against the other team but there's also the collaborative side the team they're part of mm-hmm. and those those experiences and, and we often talk about those being some of the kids most richest experiences in like a high school is their like sports team that they're part of right why, like, why wouldn't we want to ha- have some of those well thought out experiences in our classrooms? No, absolutely. And, you know, it's easy to look back, but in, in looking back and, and reflecting on this huge fear that I had that I was going to make a kid cry, you know, by having any kind of competition, any kind of defeat in my classroom, what I've, what I've learned from this journey is that I, it, kids are resilient. And they are tough. Yeah. Big and time. Big time. by avoiding competition, we're actually avoiding tapping into this really rich part of them that we're failing to bring out of them. It's not that they can't do it. It's there. Um, it's giving them opportunities to bring out this really incredible part in themselves and show whether the competition is, you know, you mentioned a team competition and a game competition. There is also a competition within ourselves, you know, not to fail or to do our best. But by avoiding any level of competition, I was avoiding any opportunity to tap into these next level skills that my students weren't able to show me on a worksheet or on a test um, or by raising their hand and waiting to be called on to answer a question. I was avoiding bringing out this whole other level of students um, student skills, people, you know, life skills, uh, game skills, um, that I was, I was not even able to tap into before I allowed competition to come into my classroom. No, I mean, like, that's just, I mean, that's just it. Like, and I don't know, maybe we should think about this in terms of many things that we choose to add or not add to our classrooms. Like, what else when we say those that that word no like no i'm not going to do this or i'm not going to do that we are clearly cutting off there's obviously some good to the idea mm-hmm. right you know and and have we explored it and have we weighed it out uh i mean that's an interesting thing to think about i mean i think also too and you brought it up too there's all different layer, layers of competition that we can do too we don't have to just bring it into this you know, our game doesn't have to be cutthroat, right? It, it's, it's, there's many different layers of competition. And some of our, my favorite layers of competition that gamification brings in is that competition within ourselves to do better and to keep achieving more and to challenge our, our internal selves, you know? So there's just even, even that small, that I, I would call it like entryway competition into gamification. That's, that's even really rich before you get into like the team versus team competition. Yeah. I think that, many components of my game have that and I know many components of your game has that. And so when we're 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 talking here on well played, 
you know, some of the things you guys have to realize when you start to lay out a gamified class, it's, it's not as cutthroat, like you said, these are the more of the cutthroat moments in my game are actually just the rules of the game. It's less to do with the other it's less to do with competition. It's more just that like this needs to be handed in by this time. Cause it is a quick quest. Like we have mm-hmm. 20 minutes to do it. Think like a breakout EDU. Like you wouldn't just like, well, I don't want to hurt their feelings. So I'm going to add 10 more minutes to it. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no, no. Like th- the clock is the competition. You have 45 minutes to do this task. And I will be cutthroat about the 45 minutes. Like, but that experience is highly collaborative in terms of like getting it done and doing it well. Uh, I do have elements and moments of competition there. I do have a leaderboard. So like people know who's in first, second, third. However, being a sixth grade teacher, I use it as a great talking point about goal setting and we can have micro goal setting. So when you are 56, you know, like, can you get, can you get into the forties? Mm-hmm. You know, don't set your goal to be number one when you're 56. And then the other thing I also talk to the kids about is if you really look at it, if you drill down at it, many of you are like in tears, if you will, like, Oh, this, you know, the top 10 have handed in a T-E-I-R-S's, bunch. not T E A R S S, right? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Correct. They're in, they're in tears. What I was trying to say is like, Top 10 have handed in like 10 side quests and that's what makes them up there. The next like 30 have only handed in like four side quests. Then the next like 30 have handed in one side quest. And then the last like 20 haven't handed in any. So like Mm -hmm. some people do jump 30 levels or 30, not levels, but 30 places on the leaderboard by just handing in like one more side quest. Cause it's like, well, everyone else handed in the relatively same amount, same quality, and then all of a sudden you hand in one more for 500 points, it moves you big time. Mm -hmm. But then like the games that we know, the higher you get, the harder it gets to move. You know, going from 10th to 9th is harder than going from like 50th to 40th, even though that's 10 places. Right. No, and you remind me of, because in, you know, in my game, um, students level up and they get a new Jedi sword. And it's always a celebration in our classroom when, when, they've, when they've cleared their, their card and they're ready to level up and get a new colored lightsaber, you know. And there's this celebration of cheering, you know, just this com- camaraderie that everybody brings together to congratulate Bob that he's, you know, you're leveled up. Oh, my gosh, that's really great. But you can also feel that little gut wrench of the student that hasn't quite leveled up yet. And... Why haven't they leveled up yet? Have you been working hard at the skills that you need to work on? Have you been getting your signatures and following through on what you need to follow through on? But that's competition, but that's just such a nice, it's just a, without competition, it wouldn't make John want to also achieve and look up to that student. And it's not this, it's not anything cutthroat. It's just very natural. And we want, I mean, we want that because I want John to want to achieve that, you know, and I have older students because I have my students for three years who have you know, even higher levels. And my younger students look up to that. And we just talk about all the time about how hard they must have worked to get to that level, all the skills they must have achieved and all the things that they must have done, you know, to get to that level. But we want to, I mean, how else can we, in such a natural way, make students really hungry to strive towards excellence, right? I feel like that's just, 
competition at its best. No, I mean, I love that. that. Competition, right? I love that. That like strive that or, or drive to, to, <clears throat> excuse me, to, to move up and to like achieve something. And in, in some respects, it's similar to sort of showing exemplars, right? Like mm-hmm. you're, this student is at a place in a moment, a point that you too can be at. So that's another example of non in 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 some respects non-competitive nature because it's it's like a it's a benchmark. This kid has ran 20 miles. Yay, let's celebrate. You've only ran 15, but like you are like seeing a window into the future. When you run 20 miles, this mm-hmm. is this is going to happen for you. Mm-hmm. You know? And hopefully this is that drive to go those last five miles because you want that too. So it's, uh, I don't know, it's not all negative. So I really want to make sure teachers hear that while your question comes from a good place when you Mm -hmm. ask about competition, I think there's so many benefits to adding a gamified element, a gamified layer. And, and with that, some level, some level of competition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as we've discussed, there's that internal competition and, you know, some external competition, but uh, it's not, it's not something to run away from. It's not something to be afraid of. Right. No, I, I absolutely agree. And there have been tipping moments in my game where I, ha- where we have, where I have pushed the envelope of competition and I have seen students, um, get upset but it still doesn't shy me away from the competition because it's also provided me with opportunities to talk to students about gameplay about being a good teammate um the responses like the emotional responses i've ever seen from students is only because they either felt like they let their team down or they felt like they let themselves down and it just that in itself also opens up an opportunity for me to have these really rich conversations about thinking about what you're, who you are to your team, you know, what kind of exactly. game player you bring to your team. It also offers rich conversations about resiliency. Like you didn't get the turn that you wanted on that turn. This happened like on Friday. The student couldn't figure out the way they wanted to to get to the um, to the spot they wanted to, but it was the rules. And so we had to have this really what seems like a very simple conversation. Like, you're going to make this a huge problem. Like, it's going to debilitate you because the the game rules weren't what you wanted them to be to get to your spot. Or are we going to go figure out a way that you can get to where you want to maybe the next turn? And that's like, that's a really rich experience. So, yeah, maybe it took me an extra five minutes because the student was, it, it, we had a setback. But I could have never had that conversation with a student about problem solving and thinking two turns ahead and being patient with things just in a regular in a regular class setting. So for me, you know, even when I walk the edge of competition being um, more challenging in my classroom, it always rewards me as a teacher with an opportunity to teach students something that I never could have taught them if I never even took that chance to try it. Does that make sense? Totally. It, it kind of reminds me of this this... We used to at my school have these where we were talking about trying to like do different things in our classrooms, you know, and like really try to like push ourselves to try different things. And there was a a group of teachers that would kind of question that a lot, you know, and this this small group of teachers who were trying to like do this cutting edge new stuff 
when we would get together and we would have these little powwows of like, how's it going and what frustrates you, what, what excites you, these kind of things. We always sort of said one of the more frustrating things was when we're presented with change. And so in this case, gamification being the change in this conversation, mm-hmm. we hold it to such a high standard of like, it better meet all these thresholds. It better have nothing wrong with it for me to make that change. Yet our group would always discuss when do we hold up what we currently do? Like you were taught, you were describing some kids that have had that breakdown moment and then how you were able to like have wonderful, rich discussions from that breakdown moment. But I think like I had a kid last week break down about the project I assigned. So should I just stop doing projects? Like, I mean, like, like when do we hold what we currently do up to that same light that we hold change up to? No, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's a little off topic, but. No, I think it, I think it makes a, you know, it makes a good point. I also, you know, just in thinking more about our conversation, you know, when I talk about that experience where a student had a moment, this is after like five years of gamifying that I'm pushing the envelope of the amount of gameplay that we're having. Your students are going to grow with you also, you know, you're going to feel your students out and, and add mechanics, like you said, to the game as, as you grow as a game designer, but also as they grow as a game player. And, you know, I think like with anything, like even like what you said with projects or with grades or with expectations we have in our classrooms, we're always going to reach that moment where we are going to overstep our bounds and, and take it too far or push them too hard. But if we're not, then are we really doing what we should be doing as educators? And why should it be any different with gamification? Just because it's a game and it's competition. Yeah. Why should it be scary? I think too, I mean, being that we're talking about competition here, like there are so many great and big examples of competition. We've already talked about sports. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to also talk about, I, we, we've said on the show before that we both love board games. Yep. And I run a board game club after school. And that's obviously a competitive environment. Like only one player typically can sit down at that board game and walk away as the winner. Mm-hmm. But like you were saying, I have seen so much growth. And I argue, I don't want to say it couldn't be done, but I would argue that this is a really, that games are a really good way to teach so many skills, including that that you're not always going to win but however from that loss you could actually like debrief that loss and gain a wealth of knowledge mm-hmm. you know and we we talk about failure all the time i just presented somewhere and and i i talked about this that like in school and i will admit i didn't propose that i knew the answer but i just Proposed it as a question. We constantly talk about failure being a good thing, right? Like fail, yep. first attempt in learning, iteration. Um, iteration. Yep. Then there was uh, the tech rabbi talked about failure, first attempt in learning, unless reflection exists. Failure, failure, failure. We all say it. There's fail up, fail forward, right? Oh, it is the new hip word to use. However, what do we actually build into our schools 
that actually allow failure, nothing. right? Like nothing. We're still built to like, you know, model, 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 then they should do it. And assuming they've like done their homework and they've like prepared, they will succeed because like you have modeled, you broke it down into little bite-sized chunks. They've done the bite-sized chunks. Now they're doing the bigger chunk and they succeed. Mm-hmm. And then we just do it again. Here's the next topic. I'll break it into bite-sized chunks. Here's the big chunk. And then you succeed. So for an institution that constantly talks about learning from failure, we actually don't provide many opportunities or many experiences in which a student can authentically learn from failure. However, game club, I see it every single day. And so do the kids. And they break down that failure and they learn from that failure. And then now when I think about our gamified classes, Carrie, they have a layer on there where there are some moments where there is somebody that wins this or does that and you didn't win this or do that. So break that down, debrief it. And I guarantee you, you're going to come out with several probably strategies and paths to get towards what you want, which is just a awesome skill to have in life. Absolutely. And I... You know, I would say that for people who are still, even after this conversation, concerned about competition in their classroom, if you're worried about it, bring games into your classroom first then. Teach the students how to be how to be part of an experience with gameplay. Board games are an amazing opportunity to teach not only game mechanics, but to teach students how to win and how to lose. And it's just, whether it's a gamified classroom or game play, I feel like they both offer opportunities, rich opportunities in a classroom setting that can teach students how to be, um, how, how to learn from their mistakes and also how to, how to succeed in, in what they do, I guess I would say. I don't know. I just think that the all around both things are, are well worth it being in part of a classroom. Yeah. And I think too, if you're still out there and you're still nervous about competition i will say taking a page from some board games there are also ways that you can make it so that it is all collaborative and that the only competition that the only like antagonist is the game itself right yes so if, if you're truly truly nervous about it yet at the same time truly 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 inspired to add gamification there are still ways to do it where it's the game you're trying to defeat. It's boss battles, like where you're just trying to like fight that boss, boss. But but together we're we're all all the heroes trying to win this quest. Yes, but I think that um, both you and I, and all of our game experience, and all of our you know years of gamifying our classrooms, I I can confidently say this, Michael, and knowing <laughs> the students that even I work with that are two to three years below grade level that have a variety of different disabilities. Students are so incredibly resilient. Students know games and they are better sports and better at taking a hit on loss than you think that they are. They understand games, no matter what their learning ability is, they understand games way better than we ever give them credit for. And they understand how loss and failure feels way farther than, way more than we ever I think, give them credit for understanding. 100%. I mean, this is Generation G. They yep. play games. They get games. They understand games. And in fact, 
I have made the argument that I think a class completely devoid of competition, you know, this like healthy, whatever, this beautiful picture of a pristine, perfect classroom that doesn't have a lick of competition in it, I think is for them like a not described the way I just described it. I think for them it would be it would feel even sterile like it it just doesn't have the same comfort like they think in terms of games. Mm-hmm. Now again, that doesn't mean it needs to be cutthroat and in fact, I'm almost quite certain that Carrie and I would definitely tell you our games are not cutthroat. Like I don't think there is a cutthroat element to my game. Right. Uh, so you know, again, competition doesn't go that far, but you can like turn the dial of competition up or you can take some of the better parts of competition while leaving out those higher levels of competition, which are very cutthroat. Mm-hmm. I agree. So unfortunately, Carrie, that's it. Like <laughs> the clock has, the clock has beat us. So we need to move into reflection time, and here we are. You, you ready for our, our reflection time quote? I am ready. All right, everybody. Here it is. We've been talking about competition. We thought this would be, be a good, good quote. We have one from Phil Jackson. He says, winning is important to me, but what brings me real joy is the experience of being fully engaged in whatever I'm doing. Boom. I think this one is just solid. Yeah. I think it's just not my job. Yeah. Like pretty much. (laughs) I love this quote for what we're talking about. Like we could worry about competition or we could worry about change. We could take this quote and expand it out further, but, uh, yeah, winning's important. They want to win the game. Mm Mm-hmm. But where the real joy happens, and that's the whole that's the whole thing, right? Finding joy in the journey. It's through that experience of being fully engaged. And this is just what I think gamification does so well is get you engaged. Absolutely. Sweet. We're in agreement. We are. I was it just made me think about how previous conversations <laughs> we've had about our, our end of the year wrap up. There is, and this speaks to it so totally to me. Like there's, it, there's, there's a reason why we celebrate at the end of the year all the accomplishments that our students have had. And even if they haven't won, they still cheer on the winner because that experience and that journey that they've been on with each other and everything that they've gained from it in the competition and in the, in the trials, it's so meaningful and so, so worth so much to them. I couldn't agree more i mean like it is a journey that they have gone on and they're proud of where they've been and i think they're like emboldened and like empowered to move on and even achieve greater heights the next go around agreed well thank you carrie so much for joining us on well played again absolutely love having you you you're you're a delight wonderful guest thank you and everyone else, thank you so much for joining Well Played Community. If this is your first time on the podcast, go back. There are just loads of other episodes that you can hear Carrie and I, as well as other guests, chit-chat about this topic of gamification and adding this game layer to your classroom. If you still 
want more. There are wonderful YouTube videos you could go that could dive in on the topic. Carrie has a YouTube channel. Check her stuff out. Check my stuff out. And, uh, you know, just again, thank you all for being here each and every week. I love it. Enjoy your week and play on.